Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. During this special series of episodes during Advent, we've been exploring why Jesus came to earth in the first place. And to do that, we've been looking at the meaning behind the four candles in the Advent wreath. Hope, peace, joy, and love. We started off looking at hope by examining Matthew 26, 36-44, where Jesus talks about his second coming. Kind of an odd place to start with Advent, but it totally makes sense when we're talking about hope. The key concept Jesus teaches us is that there is hope for eternal life after our time here on earth. We then explored peace by considering the real definition of peace and how Jesus, in John chapter 14, verses 25 through 31, explains how he provides us with his inner peace. It's a sense of calm, how we can have a peace of mind in our eternity because of Jesus. And last time we talked about how joy is not just a fleeting emotion after doing something fun, but rather a state of being. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 12, Jesus tells us that he provides us with his joy, another part of himself, meant to help us understand that our life circumstances don't define or limit our joy in that hoped for and anticipated hereafter. This week, we'll explore the fourth and final theme of Advent, love. In this episode, we'll see what Jesus taught about love, and we'll see how he showed love by paying the ultimate price for our salvation and how he did that out of love for each and every one of us. First, we'll look at what Jesus taught us love looks like. And there's one verse that many people are familiar with that explains Jesus' love for us. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, while there are many examples in the New Testament, we're going to touch on three ways Jesus showed love for others. Through healing, through feeding the hungry, and through the treatment of other people. First way is healing. Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 and 14 tells us one of three stories about healing that we're going to explore today. Jesus has just been told that his cousin, known as John the Baptist, has been murdered. Jesus is grieving, and he just wants to head off by himself for some alone time. 
I think we can understand that. But the crowd learns of where he's going and eagerly follows him. It turns out there's not going to be any time for Jesus to rest and collect his thoughts. No chance for him to grieve alone. The text tells us that Jesus didn't get angry, though. Instead, it tells us that he had compassion for the people, and he even healed those who were sick. In other words, he put others who were ailing over himself, even in a time of grief. A second example comes from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. It tells the story of a woman who had endured ongoing hemorrhaging for 12 years. Now, aside from the medical concern, this also made her an outcast. Because she was bleeding, she was ceremonially unclean and not allowed to partake in many of the everyday functions of society. She couldn't be among other people. And we all know what that's like in 2020, don't we? To be isolated, not able to gather with other people. As Jesus walks along with the crowd, the woman had so much faith that she was convinced that she just needed to touch Jesus' cloak to be healed. So as he walked by, she found a way to get close enough to him to touch him. Now my wife and I have a print hanging on a wall titled Encounter. We purchased it when we were on a trip to the Holy Land from a site in the ruins of Magdala in Israel. At first glance, it's a really funny picture, just a bunch of really big feet. But when you look closely, amid all of those feet, there's a single hand with an extended finger touching the bottom of a cloak or robe. And you know what? That's probably how the woman was actually able to touch Jesus. She wouldn't have been able to have woven her way through so many people, so she probably had to get ahead of that group hunch down low, and in a way kind of dive through the legs and feet of the people following Jesus to touch the bottom of his clothing. Somehow Jesus felt that touch, and he stopped asked who had touched him. And the woman was afraid. She fell in front of Jesus and told him her story. But you know what? Jesus wasn't mad. He wasn't put out. He wasn't concerned about this little delay. He said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. Yet a third example of healing comes from the Pool of Bethsaida. In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Jesus and his followers are near the northern wall of Jerusalem at the Pool of Bethsaida. Legend had it that some kind of heavenly being would stir the waters from time to time. And if that happened, the first person to enter the water would be healed from whatever ailed them. A man who had been lame for 38 years was lying there when Jesus walks by. And Jesus asks him if he wants to be healed. Of course, the man told Jesus. But he explained he couldn't get into the water himself. And nobody over the course of those 38 years had helped him get into the water. Well, Jesus doesn't help him get into the water either. Instead, to make sure the man understood that it was God who healed him and not some legend, Jesus simply tells the man to get up and walk. And the man does. It's a miracle. Those are just three of many examples of Jesus showing love by healing others. He had the power to heal. 
Now, we may or may not have the power to heal people miraculously. I don't think that I have that gift. But we all can help in the healing. Maybe we can take people to doctor's appointments. Or we can listen to a person trying to process bad news. We can do what Jesus did in all three of those examples I just shared. We can show compassion for others. That's love. Another way Jesus taught us how to love is by feeding people. Twice in the book of Matthew, Jesus feeds thousands of people with minimal resources. In chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, Jesus has just concluded a time of healing people when he realizes many have come a long way and have nothing to eat. With only five loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus an uncounted number of women and children. He tended to the people's needs. And just a little bit later, the next chapter, as a matter of fact, chapter 15, verses 32 through 39, Jesus has again been teaching when he shows concern for the safety of people as they start to make their way home. This time we find out that he has seven loaves of bread and, quote, a few fish. This time he feeds 4,000 men, plus an uncounted number of women and children. Again, Jesus tended to the people's needs. Now these were two miracles, and we may or may not have that ability. But we can help tend to the needs of others. What can we do in our communities to ensure people have roofs over their heads, that they have food to eat, that they have clothes to wear, that they have dignity? How can we make sure people have the necessities of life? For Jesus, it was turning fish and bread into a love feast. It may look very different for us, but certainly we can show love in some ways to other people. way Jesus taught us how to love is ushering in the kingdom of God by treating others with respect. One way he taught this was shown in a confrontation he had with a legal expert sent by religious leaders to try to trick Jesus. A legal expert asked Jesus in front of a group of people what was the greatest commandment in the Jewish law. Jesus tells him the first is to love God, specifically with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. And he continues by saying the second is like it both in substance and in weight. And that is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now most of us know that as the golden rule, but it's so much more than a saying. It means we are supposed to love our neighbor, period. There are no exceptions. There are no buts. There are no unlesses. We are supposed to love all people. And that means we are to show them respect. We are to show compassion. We are to do as Jesus modeled for us and taught us. That's love. Okay, so those are just three ways that Jesus showed love. There are many others through miracles, such as raising the dead and casting out demons. But the biggest way Jesus taught us about love was through his actions and most specifically, his journey to the cross. 
Earlier we read that all familiar John 3.16. But let's look beyond that verse to verses 17 to 21 because I think it tells us even more about Jesus' love for us. Here's what it says from verses 17 to 21. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. If we look at those verses closely, what they tell us is this. Jesus didn't come here to condemn us. His mission to earth is not a gotcha visit, meant to judge us and discard us like we don't mean anything to him. Instead, He came to earth because he loves us so much. It was that important to him that he would leave the heavenly kingdom to come here. For God so loved the world that God sent Jesus. And Jesus so loved us that he didn't want us to be condemned. So he died in our place as a sacrifice on our behalf. Let me put it this way. If this was all left to ourselves, we would be condemned. It's what we deserve. God provided 613 laws in what we call the Old Testament. The idea is following all of those laws would allow humankind to be reconciled with God. But generation after generation after generation, people showed that they could read the law. They could understand the law. They could try to follow the law but they couldn't actually succeed at following the law. Then Jesus came to earth. He taught us how to love, and then he showed it by willingly going to the cross. So let's read John 3.16 one more time. Close your eyes as you listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So why did Jesus come to earth in the first place? To teach us more about love, what it actually looks like, and what it demands of us. This week, as we light the fourth Advent candle, let's keep in mind why Jesus came to earth. To bring hope for an eternity with God. To provide us with his very own inner peace, the sense of calm we need in a hectic, sin-filled world and the assurance that we can have in our salvation thanks to belief in the risen Christ. Jesus came to earth to provide us with his own joy, a lifetime of feeling that we belong to something bigger than ourselves, not just a fleeting emotion. And Jesus came to earth to show us how to love each other before he died in our place, the ultimate example of love. So we've looked at all four themes of Advent. Finally, this week, we'll light the Christ candle, and we'll use that joyful event as a good reason to share the story of the birth of Christ. 
Wednesday evening on the Great Plains Conference Facebook page, I'll share a special video presentation of the story of the birth of Christ. Now, the podcast will also be available on Wednesday. But if you want to see it as well as hear the story, check out the Great Plains Conference's Facebook page starting at about 7 o'clock on December 23rd. May you and your family have a blessed Christmas. And may you know, thanks to Jesus, we can fully experience hope, peace, joy, and love. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archive podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.